Hello, and welcome to Small Black Birds. I'm AJ, and in this episode, you will hear about a teenager who became a symbol for freedom after refusing to cut her hair and proves that no matter your age, you can create a better world than the one you inherited. It's been more than two decades since South Africa overturned a legal and economic system that brutalized its black communities for almost half a century. While democracy has delivered freedom for all South Africans, discrimination is still widespread, and many racist policies and systems persist. This has led to a backlash in the country, especially among young black South Africans who are told they are equal under the law, but are denied the same freedoms and rights as their white neighbors. This frustration has given rise to a new generation of activists like Zuleika Patel. When Patel was 13 years old, she led the movement to challenge her school's discriminatory hair policy. From such a young age, she embraced disruptive acts as a means of expressing herself to a world that won't change without a fight. She illustrates how our daily decisions can lead to revolutionary acts that uproot injustice and lay the foundation for a better society. Oxford Dictionary defines the term disruptive as disturbance or problems which interrupt an event, activity or process. We as a society have socialized that into being something negative, like it is bad to be a disruptive boy, it is bad to be a disruptive girl. Well, I personally don't think so. Disruption can actually be a good thing, in fact a revolutionary act. The true essence of activism lies in being disruptive. In 2009, comedian and father Chris Rock produced a documentary called Good Hair that attempts to provide a funny and insightful exploration of black women's hair. The film caught many by surprise, unaware there was so much personal and political drama by teachers, actors, and other professionals who spent long hours and big bucks to get their hairdos just right. But anyone who noticed the sudden graying of Donald Trump's comb-over, or a New Yorker magazine cover with Michelle Obama sporting an afro, shouldn't be that surprised that hair has value and meaning that go way beyond personal grooming. Hair has always been political. Our hair is one of the ways we tell the world who we are and what kind of world we believe in. Hippies, for example, let it all grow out to emphasize their emancipation from convention. Punks use their hair to shock a conservative, conformist society out of its cultural malaise. And for some feminists, cropped hair is one means of subverting patriarchal expectations. And for Zuleika Patel, embracing her natural hair was just one way she pushed back against the entrenched racial divisions that still determine one's fate in her home country of South Africa. Patel was just 13 years old when she confronted her high school for its discriminatory hair policy in 2016. Her school, Pretoria High School for Girls, had previously only accepted white students until the end of her country's apartheid in 1994. It's still considered one of the most prestigious schools in South Africa, but that's not the only thing that has not changed. When I got to high school, and I experienced one thing which I believe led to my activism, it made me want to do anything and, and everything to fight for a better society. One. 
I got pencil tested, which was previously used by the apartheid government to determine one's race. In my case, it was used to determine my race. Or like the racists said, they wanted to prove that my hair was not worthy of fitting in. Never in my entire life had I felt the way I felt that day. I remember I got home and I cried my eyes out. I never wanted to ever hear the term born free. For most of its history, South Africa was a place where every aspect of life was drawn on racial lines by the people who created and enforced the apartheid laws. From education, housing, and jobs, as well as freedom of movement and access to clean water and sanitation, black South Africans, who make up about 80% of the population, were denied basic rights and forced to live in segregated communities. Since the end of apartheid over 25 years ago, the country has changed politically and economically, but for many black South Africans, it still looks and feels much as it did under the old system. I grew up in an interracial and interfaith background. And in a democracy which is as young as ours, and in particular having the history that our country has, our country hasn't really found comfort in seeing, in seeing products of interracial relationships. I grew up angry in a sense, because of the way people would react to me when they would see me with either one of my parents. For example, if people would see me with my father, they would question why my hair is so kinky and why I'm with an Indian man. And then if I was with my mother, people would stereotype her and think she's my nanny and I'm a colored child. And so I felt like I, I was, in a sense, treated like an experiment of a child. People always wanting to touch my hair, always wanting to, to um, question what I am, who I am. Patel, now 18, has emerged as a leader of a new generation of South Africans, ready to clear away the colonial hangovers from the apartheid era, and are not afraid to challenge those in power. The story of my life is literally a tale of being disruptive anywhere and everywhere I go. I disturb and interrupt systems that place injustices on young people and women. Such as when I was told in high school, I quote, Zuleika, Afros aren't allowed here. They look like birds' nests. And I said, asking me to change my hair is asking me to erase my blackness. And I every day proudly set foot into school with my natural hair. Simply taking that decision, I disrupted a system. A system of Eurocentric beauty standards embedded in school hair rules. In the weeks leading up to her protest, Patel had been put in detention three times for not conforming to the school's code of conduct and was mocked by students and teachers who said her hair looked like cabbage. Although the school's policy did not specifically mention afros, it did say that hairstyles needed to be conservative and neat, and it encouraged black students to chemically straighten their hair. School officials told students with afros or dreadlocks to fix their hair, essentially saying that their natural hair was a problem in need of a solution. On the 26th of August, 2016, we silently decided to protest the system by coming in all black and African head wraps in silent resistance to the system. The following day on the 27th, we decided to grab the public's attention by leading a silent protest at a school event where we marched around the school. 
So we were confronted by a high-risk security team hired by the school, which happened to be men, which were probably three times my size, and were armed. And then I was 13. And we were told that we were going to get arrested. I didn't understand why I had to be arrested for attempting to disrupt injustice and attempting to recreate a better society. I didn't understand. And so we resisted. And we told the security guards to arrest us. And I remember saying that you can arrest us all. In my mind, I remember thinking that if I didn't do this, future generations to come would be subjected to the same experiences that I experienced. Children would still get pencil tested. Children would still be lied to and told that they're born freeze, yet they can't grow their hair freely. One can easily find a photo online of a 13-year-old Patel dressed in her school uniform with her arms outstretched and folded in an X above her afro in defiance of an antiquated policy. It's a remarkable image capturing a young girl's courage and her frustration with the world. The protest made headlines in her hometown and across the country, but it did not stop there. So we decided to go onto Twitter and to create a hashtag called hashtag stop racism at Pretoria High School for Girls. I personally never thought that it would reach it would reach the attention that it got. I never thought that it would go global and viral. So through this, we were able to create a platform for young black people to share photos of their natural hair and share stories of how they experienced institutionalized racism in what is called a democratic society. And it allowed for young students to also speak about experiences that they're currently experiencing in, this, in their schools. As a result of the protest, the local education department launched an investigation into school hair policies. Her actions also inspired more protests about other policies steeped in discrimination, like ones that restricted students from speaking their native African languages at school. Growing up in the 2000s generation, we've constantly been told that there's nothing for us to fight for, for we're free, freedom. And for me, that triggered me because had I been actually free, I wouldn't have had to go through everything that I'd gone through at the time I was 14. And I was angry at the, at the idea of, of, at the born free idea. I was very angry. When we're told that we're born free, that isn't our reality. That isn't the reality of Zuleika Patel, the girl who's born from an interracial and interfaith background. There's still so much that young people have had to go through. Patel is now a prominent voice for women and young people in South Africa and beyond. Over the past few months, she has led the charge against the surge in gender-based violence triggered by the national lockdown over the pandemic. She has also been active in the campaign to roll back skyrocketing school fees that make higher education inaccessible for many students. Though still a teenager herself, Patel knows that her disruptive actions today will have an effect on those who will follow her. I'm hoping to leave a legacy whereby they are, un they are unapologetically, fearlessly speak up against, against injustices. And within the school itself, I hope to leave a legacy whereby the black girl feels, feels and knows that she is worthy and deserving of being in such an institution and knows that she is welcome and she's seen and she's recognized.
in a move seen as a symbolic gesture of passing the torch from one generation to the next. In 2016, activist, academic, and living legend Angela Davis paid special tribute to Patel and her fellow students for their courage in protesting the school's racist policies. Since then, the young South African has also been memorialized in a mural in Brooklyn by the renowned artist Lexi Bella. Want to know how you can protect your right to protest? Check out www.rightsanddissent.org. What do you think about this story? Email me at smallblackbirdspodcast at gmail.com. Stay safe and talk with you soon.